This is the Modern Day Try podcast, episode number nine. Remember to hit the subscribe button so you won't miss an episode. everyone. I am so excited about our guest today. She's a registered nurse and international board certified lactation consultant. In addition to being a wife and mom of three children, she's the owner of Nourish and Nurture Lactation. Here is Stephanie Brown. Hi, Stephanie. How are you? Good. How are you, Sarah? Good, good. I'm so excited that you'll be sharing the work that you do for moms and essentially dads and families that choose to breastfeed. And even if they don't, there there are things that you can help them with, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and I wanted to just talk about how we met first. We actually met through a, a, a different lactation consultant, right? Yes, I'm trying to remember the whole story. Yeah, the lactation consultant that I had met with, Stephanie McKenzie is her name, and then she had told me that you were in this area also. And so, yeah, so I was just so excited to meet different professionals that could really help my clients as a postpartum doula. And I just was excited that you were in the area and could be a resource in addition to uh, someone that helps people with lactation and breastfeeding. Yeah, and I love hearing from doulas and, you know, being able to support their clients because I find the doula role is so helpful and, you know, that newborn period when families are really trying to figure everything out. Absolutely. And in addition to the in-home lactation consulting that you do, you actually also offer breastfeeding classes. And that's actually something that I attended one of your prenatal breastfeeding classes over at Plano Birthplace, right? Right. So can you tell us a little bit about your classes? Yeah, sure. Um, I do a class about every month or so, and um, usually at a local birth center. Um, Lately, I've been doing some virtual classes, of course, with Zoom or other things, but I much prefer in-person classes if I can. Um, But yeah, I usually like to have um, parents or or mom and her support person come in the third trimester or even after like 30 to 35 weeks, somewhere in there, and we just talk about, you know, how your body's preparing to make milk and how to know that your baby's getting enough and what to do if you have to go back to work and pump and just really anything related to breastfeeding. So it's a great time to get to know them and what their feeding goals are and what things are on their minds or that they're concerned about and how I can help give good advice and alleviate some of those fears that they might have. And as I mentioned, I attended your class as a postpartum doula for continuing education. And 
being a mom of three and I breastfed my little ones too, I just saw the connection that you made with your classes and your um, the parents that came in and addressing their questions was just great and the information that you covered was just magnificent. I just thought it was just so informative and I would recommend Stephanie's classes to anyone that could would be able to attend because she was just so thorough and I just thought that the specific questions that they were able to ask, like you said, to ease some fears, specific questions about even all the way to from latch to what dad could do to help and that sort of thing. I really enjoyed your class. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, I try to tailor it to them and I really encourage them um, to attend you know, child birth classes, labor and birth classes, and also breastfeeding just to, um, you know, labor and birth is a day and breastfeeding is many, many days. So I like to say people do, you know, lots of research to buy a car. So let's do lots of research to have a baby too and breastfeed. That's right. So actually, I'm going to back up a little bit. I want to ask you how you got started as, I guess, first a nurse, and then you transitioned into being a lactation consultant. How did you get started with all that? Well, I kind of always knew I wanted to be in medicine in some shape or form. It just, I don't know, I guess it was just in my DNA. I have a couple of nurses and physician in my family, and... Um, I just really had a passion for babies and moms and actually started volunteering at a hospital where I grew up in Illinois when I was in eighth grade. And things were a little different then. I mean, I'm almost, I'm 45, so I got to be in like the nursery environment and, you know, take babies to their mothers and things were a lot different, but it really just fueled my passion. So I decided to go to nursing school because I just decided medical school was a really, really long path and I wanted to, you know, I had different goals. I wanted to have a family and be married and not that you can't do those things, but just for me, nursing school is the right path and I just loved babies and moms and I ended up starting in the neonatal ICU um, at Parkland Hospital and just really loved that program and so I was a neonatal ICU nurse for about seven years and during that time we formed a breastfeeding committee and I always just had a passion for breast milk for those babies and then breastfeeding and I could see some differences in the babies when I was in um, the NICU and then during the course of that time I also had my own children so um, it was just neat to see that and I just loved this lactation just fascinated me it was just so interesting to me all the different um, components and the immunities and and then I had my own personal struggles with my babies so I became involved in childbirth education I kind of switched roles and decided I need to be at home more than working 12-hour shifts and started doing perinatal education childbirth classes breastfeeding classes so I started training for that and I did that for about five or six years and then started shadowing for lactation because I just said I really want to do this and um, so I got to shadow in the hospital for a year or two and then got to take my test and pass and was on my way. 
I always love hearing how people got started. There's so many different reasons why people get started in a certain field. And I just love the backstories, too. I know a lot of people like to hear that. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, sure. What would you say are some of your main goals or the things that you focus on when you're working with your clients? Um, if I'm working with them, like via a consult, then I always want to know what their goals are. You know, is their goal to exclusively breastfeed for X number of months? Or is their goal to do breastfeeding and formula feeding? Or what, what do they have in mind? What is their concern? What is the problem? And then what is their goal? Absolutely. I actually take the a similar approach to my postpartum doula work where it's really important just to hear our clients and what they want and what they desire because I think that's important to center our support around what their their wants are in addition to their needs. That's so great. I love that. <laughs> so what's important for moms to keep in mind when deciding to and having the desire to breastfeed? I think that knowledge is power and so you know, attending a class or reading a book. I know reading a book is maybe a little bit old school, but I think going online and just kind of picking out topics is not as maybe as good of an overview of breastfeeding as just grabbing a book like The Womanly Art of Breastfeeding or, um, I mean, there's lots of good books out there. Breastfeeding Answers Made Simple and to name some, but having a book as a reference I think is really good because it just gives you a more comprehensive overview. Um, and then, of course, you know, taking a class and and then just preparing whoever your support person is, you know, really involving them in the process and making sure that they understand, you know, how does breastfeeding work and, you know, your body makes milk by supply and demand and, and really um, seeing how they can support you and how they're part of the process as well. I love that, especially involving the support partner in the breastfeeding process. I think that's so important, too. That's great. Yeah, they're the number one reason why moms continue or don't continue is the support person. So yes, I actually see that a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. I absolutely agree with that. <laughs> what are some breast pumping tips you could give moms? Um, well, it would depend on the situation, but, mm -hmm. you know, for a mom that just needs to give an occasional bottle for, you know, some time away from the baby or, you know, let's say once a week or something like that, then um, she may not need to do as much pumping as a mom that, let's say, is going back to work. So if you're giving an occasional bottle, typically we say try to wait like four to six weeks before you introduce a bottle. If breastfeeding's going well, baby's not having any problems, mom's not having any problems, try to avoid giving bottles for the first four to six weeks and then introduce it and give it two or three times a week. You know, you could just give an ounce like a snack or you could give a full feeding of a couple of ounces. Baby doesn't really know the difference. Mm -hmm. It's more introducing it early, but not too early, and then giving it often 
but not too often as to interrupt breastfeeding at a young age. Um, for moms that are going back to work, I tell them the same thing about four to six weeks, depending on when they're going back to work. Introduce that bottle, give it two, three, four times a week, um, either a snack or a meal. And then when you go back to work, try to nurse in the morning and then pump at any missed feedings when you're away from the baby and then nurse in the evening and at night. Okay, I absolutely love that you just gave some tangible things <laughs> that our mama listeners could could actually use in to help them through that. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing that because that's yeah, that's part of the reason why I do this is to put out some information and that, like you said, knowledge is power. And so I'm really hoping for that uh, through this podcast. And I, so, like I said, I really appreciate you sharing that very tangible from breast pumping to depending on the situation too. Sure, uh, absolutely. Actually, going back to the supporting partner, what are some of the things that supporting partners can do to help with the mom breastfeeding or to do something in addition to while mom's breastfeeding, can a support partner be doing something or maybe in between to be helpful? Um, well, first just helping them to understand the process like we talked about. Um, but I try to get them involved if I'm in the home doing a consult in helping if moms are struggling with positioning and latching and things like that, then show them what I do to help mom so that they can see how to help her when I'm not there. Um, and then also just really encouraging them to you know, hold the baby. If mom needs to take a nap, which we, we all know postpartum moms really need some naps. And so holding the baby right after a feeding so that mom can go take a nap and rest assured that baby's not going to wake up and is comfortable. And um, so that's another thing. And just getting mom comfortable, you know, asking her, do you need a pillow under this arm? Um, making sure she has something to drink. Uh, maybe burping the baby after one breast and then or changing the diaper, burp and change the diaper and then bring baby back to mom to feed some more. Um, so I feel like the actual feeding, you know, the 30 or 45 minute feeding is really the the only thing they're not doing is like transferring the milk mm-hmm, <laughs> to the baby. Mm-hmm. But as far as setup and, you know, kind of nudging baby if you have a brand new newborn that's kind of sleepy kind of rubbing their back or massaging the breast a little bit to get that baby sucking and going um and just providing that verbal encouragement for moms just saying you're really doing a good job you know or look how much better the baby's doing today than yesterday just you know finding the positives and if there are things that mom's concerned about then I love it when partners reach out to me too and say, you know, she's having a hard time and taking on that role so it's not another burden for her, saying these are the problems and I'm concerned and she's concerned and just kind of, I don't mind communicating with partners and spouses either. Yeah, and bathing, like I encourage the whoever is the support person, like you do the baths and, you know, do all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes diapering, sometimes baths, sometimes burping. Oh, that's yeah. just such great information. Wearing, it, like stick the baby in the wrap or the carrier, baby wearing. Um, so, yeah. 
Actually, I was going to mention that the skin to skin really helps, would you say, the moms to maybe breastfeed more often and with milk production and just, of course, that bond. And if the baby is right there, they're more often to breastfeed when they are needing to. Would you say that that's correct? Yeah, definitely. We know skin to skin, especially early skin to skin, right after birth, um, we see higher breastfeeding rates and higher, uh, longer duration of breastfeeding when babies are put skin to skin right after birth and held skin to skin as much as is feasible, you know, in Mm -hmm. the first um, few days and weeks. And we know that swaddling babies, especially tight swaddles, uh, reduces hunger cues and so babies mm-hmm. can't tell you they're hungry as often so we may miss some cues we may miss some feeds which could in turn potentially impact milk supply so you know as much skin to skin as they can we know that oxytocin and good hormones are released when babies are skin to skin so and there's actually a great study of with dads that when they put babies skin to skin, there's actually some rewiring that goes on in their brain and how they connect with their babies. So that's really cool. Yes, that's perfect. That was the second part of my question was that is it good also for the baby to be skin to skin with the supporting partners uh, or dads? Does that help too? So you would say yes. Definitely, yes, definitely. When babies are skin to skin, we know that they don't have to regulate their body temperature as much. Their breathing slows down a little bit. Their heart rate, they're just more stable in general. And if we kind of think about mammals, I know we don't like to think that we're mammals, but we are. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And baby mammals tend to stay with their mom and on their tummies near their mom for however long that baby stays with the mom. You know, when kittens are nursing or puppies, they're typically kind of on their tummies and they're right up next to mom. So it's biologically, you know, normal. Absolutely. I love that. So you've supported parents of multiples Uh, infants that are in the NICU and in-home consultation, how does your approach differ with each type of family that has different situations? Well, um, I mean, first we look at their goals, of course, and, Mm -hmm. you know, what is their goal with feeding? And then we have to think about the baby's developmental ability. So if we have, you know, premature twins, then we would have a different approach than if I have a term baby. So those, let's say those babies are 34, 35 weeks, um, I cannot and will not expect them to breastfeed exclusively with no pumped milk or anything else and be able to grow and flourish. Mm -hmm. Maybe some babies out there that could, but a lot of preterm babies are going to need a little different plan and a stepwise approach to get to that exclusive breastfeeding goal if that's the parent's goal. Um, So we really have to look at the baby's ability, whether it's developmental, whether they have some challenges with suck or could they have a tongue tie or what kind of delivery did they have? So really we just look at the whole history and the whole baby and kind of make a plan from there. Oh, that's perfect. So with that, especially the uh, teeny tiny ones that are trying to get 
uh, breast milk. Do you also help with different kinds of feedings, not just breast milk, but maybe bottle feeding? I know you mentioned that before, but also like cup feeding and spoon feeding. Are you mm-hmm. able to help with that too? Yeah, definitely. Um, do lots of spoon feeding in the first couple days um, or the first 24, 48 hours if babies aren't latching. Um, do lots of hand expression and spoon feeding to get them enough colostrum and kind of wait on them and see if we can get them to latch. Um, I also do bottle feeding consults, whether it's for you know, mom needs to go back to work and wants to give a bottle, or even I've had some babies who are formula feeding that I've helped do bottle feeding and choose a different flow or a different um, bottle. I'm certainly not an expert on, you know, bottle feeding, but I encounter a lot of babies um, who do need to take bottles of breast milk or formula for whatever reason. So I try to find the best solution, you know, as far as flow rate and nipple type and all of that um, for those babies. I know that there are so many different situations that parents and moms go through (laughs) with trying to feed their babies. And uh, most would think that a lactation consultant will and can only help with strictly breastfeeding. But there's so much more to your work that you do that uh, on top of the education that you provide and the different circumstances that you encounter that you help parents through. I just think it's just wonderful. Thank you. Yes, it's definitely a lot more than just putting the baby on the breast. You know, our goal is to find their goal and then tailor a plan and not everybody's plan will look the same. I usually say, okay, we could do this option or this option or this option. You know, they're all good options, but like what would fit best in your in your lifestyle? Mm-hmm, absolutely. So with that, the different goals that some moms have, and being a lactation consultant, do you actually help moms that don't want to breastfeed? I do, and we can explore different options if they, you know, say, well, I don't want to breastfeed for this reason or that reason. Sometimes we explore those reasons, and then they realize that, oh, well, this is not contraindicated or I could actually take this medicine and breastfeed, something like that. So I've had that happen. Um, But I provide counseling for moms who don't want to breastfeed and just about engorgement and like how to get their milk to dry up and how to do that safely and comfortably. Oh, that's perfect. Because I think maybe there's a stigma that moms encounter when they feel like they have chosen or think that they can't or don't want to, that they can't speak up and get help with that. And that is actually something that you as a lactation consultant can help with. So I'm so glad that you talked about that because that's really helpful for moms to be able to know that they can be supported no matter what their choices and abilities are. Definitely. Yeah. I've had moms say, I only want to breastfeed six weeks, you know, and that's it. Or I want to do three months or I want to do two weeks. I mean, I've literally probably encountered most situations Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's not really my place to judge. It's, it's their preference. And I just like to be able to give them all of the knowledge. So, and all of the facts and different things, and then they can make an informed decision from that. 
that knowledge and that education is just a key to be able to have the clients and the moms and parents to be confident in their choices, right? Right. I just want to say that when we post our conversation on the podcast, I'll include in the show notes the uh, books that you mentioned, and of course, any way that clients or listeners could contact you. So can you tell us some of the ways that they can contact you? And I'll also include it in the notes. Sure. Um, They can email me at stephanie at nnlactation.com. They can also go to my website, of course is nnlactation.com as well Um, or they can also call me my phone number is listed on the website Um, I also have a Facebook page so they can either message me or um, find my information there as well Oh, perfect. And anybody that's listening that can't write that down, like I said, I'll include all that information so that if you want to contact Stephanie, I'll have all that information in there. So Stephanie, thank you so much for sharing all the work that you do and the tangible things that we can walk away from this conversation using. <laughs> As a doula, I really appreciate all that information and I'm, I always feel like I always say that I'm always learning and uh, I just appreciate your, your sharing that with us today. Well, thank you for inviting me. I would totally agree. I feel like I'm always learning. I mean, I've been a nurse for 23 years, and sometimes I feel like I know less every year. (laughs) But I I do love learning, um, you know, even now. So, but yeah, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. And I would love to help, you know, anyone answer questions or see them in home or or whatever, whatever their needs are. Thanks so much, Stephanie. I really appreciate it. If you want to hang out with me on other social platforms, you can find me on Instagram at Dallas Doula Sarah, on Facebook, The Modern Day Tribe, and on my website, themoderndaytribe.com. And if you loved what you're hearing, please leave a review anywhere you listen to podcasts and share it with your friends and family. These reviews and five-star ratings help this podcast get found by more listeners and parents that are also looking for support and guidance. Thank you.